everyone. You've made it to season three of Old Dirty Benches. Are you here to listen to white collar criminals get roasted? Then you're at the right place. And here's JD to tell you all about what we do here. What's up, Dirty Benches? If you came here for laughs, shit talking, to hear about wiener schnitzel, or our menopause bellies, then you came to the right place. On ODB, we talk about white collar crime, which costs the country upwards of 300 to 600 billion every year. What, what? That's crazy. Tell me more. White collar crime is typically orchestrated by those in occupational positions with the opportunity to commit these crimes. These crimes include insider trading, fraud, tax evasion, bribery, price fixing, and of course, corruption. We will discuss real cases, related articles, podcasts, and documentaries, movies related to the crime. Occasionally, we may sprinkle a movie review in. Our theme song is performed by Good Co. You can find them on YouTube. And don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave us a review anywhere you stream your podcasts. Maybe we'll just turn this uh, podcast into a food podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Only if we can eat during it. (laughs) We'll talk about like what we've prepared. Yeah. Describe it. Oh, God, this is so good. In the most tantalizing (laughs) way. Um, No, last night I was thinking about the bruschetta that that we... It's bruschetta. Whatever. Anyways, I'm trying um, to make you fancy. <laughs> and the goat cheese that was on no, there, and I was like, goat I should make my so own. Freaking gross, dude. No, delicious. I disagree. It's like musty. I don't like it. And the edible ash that was on <laughs> our plate was delicious. I could have brushed my just, teeth with it. Someone just flicks their ashes on there. Mmm, <laughs> that's delicious. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Old Dirty Benches. <laughs> Again, we're recording, <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> Tricks. Um, yes. That's funny. If you've joined us, this is JD. <laughs> she eats ashes. <laughs> <laughs> and Brussels sprouts. Oh, I did eat some Brussels sprouts last uh, night. Um, we went out, the girls did, and um, very good Italian restaurant close to us. Mm-hmm. And their special was um, this goat cheese that was lightly dusted in <laughs> charcoal or ash. And um, <laughs> Which, <laughs> why would you be like, you know what would be good? If we threw some ashes on here. Like, I don't understand. Bacon bits? Yes. I'm in. Ash? Not really. I think because it, I think it looks cool, right? And then, like, when you say it, the foodies are like, oh, I have to try like it. foam? Would you like some cat vomit on your food? <laughs> That's what foam looks like to me. Like, yeah, when like a cat hacks up. Ugh. I know. I've eaten at a couple gastro like restaurants where they do some of like the fusion. Yeah. And then like they're plating and it's like this tiny little whatever uh, Um, Yeah, like deconstructed meatloaf. And then there's like foam sitting there and you're like, hmm. Yeah. Is there a cat back there? I don't care. My my dad's joke was because when I was younger he would take me to fancy places and 
you know, like typically you don't get a big serving. No, of food. it's much smaller. Sometimes yeah. they'll do like serval plates. Yeah, but and it's try small. Stuff. And yes. so my joke, well, what I said to my dad was, I don't want gourmet. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so he would always say that. Oh my like, god! Oh, can we go get pizza now? Because <laughs> that's not going to cut. And I was like, literally a kid saying, that. "Like, are we stopping by McDonald's yeah, after this? Like, this ain't cutting it." That bad. was a cute appetizer, but <laughs> um, did they put root beer bubbles on the top? <laughs> Is there a cat back there? <laughs> yeah, we used to. Uh, we would try some of those places, especially when we lived on the East Coast. And, uh, like, because there's quite a few of them in D.C., so we would sometimes stop by them just to try them out. You know, just to be fiancé and, like, <laughs> try it out. And um, and sometimes they had some really good food on there, but uh, sometimes I was like, what is this shit? Exactly. And then I'm like, who's just going to – this isn't going to satisfy anybody. Like, oh, um, this cracker was delicious. <laughs> but I think, like – no. Sometimes people just buy in, you know, like, oh, I'm at a fancy place. Yeah. And, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't like it. I'd be like, you better load up like 15 of these plates in front <laughs> exactly. of me. <laughs> just and scrape them like all on one big one. $50 for one spoonful <laughs> of food. Yeah. No. There's a tiny sliver of beef on there. I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> Having tangent in on food. Right out of the um, gate. This is Old Dirty Benches. We like to cover white collar crime. If you don't know what that is, that typically is uh, some greedy person has decided to take advantage of uh, other people and their money and uh, they steal it. So, right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> We're so professional. Sometimes here. I wish we were like actually recording us because because dude, I am we're hot personally mentally not there. Anyways, <laughs> we have this is so technical right here. <laughs> okay, please oh my begin. God. And yeah. here we go. And here's the episode. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, on this episode today for our white collar crime, uh, we're going to be talking about or discussing the crimes committed by James B. Duncan. Jimmy. Yep. Jimmy and Hendrix, uh, Monte Castro. <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. <I> don't- <laughs> <laughs> and you actually sent this oh, one to me. One. Yes. The dirt, the... Uh, what I get this from? American Greed. Probably American Greed, yeah. yeah. They covered this These one. Are not good people. No. Um, so I first started reading articles on their crime before I went and watched the American Greed episode, which you can find it out there. Uh, it's available. There's um, even a podcast. And there is a podcast. And I found several blogs that were dedicated to this particular crime, too, as well, because it was mortgage fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It was a mortgage Ponzi scheme. It was a mortgage Ponzi scheme. Um, the Grand Theft built uh, clients anywhere, and the numbers were kind of all over the place, but anywhere from 10 to $17 million. I personally think it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And there were some people that had argued that the total amount could have been around a billion dollars. So 
Um, Yikes. Yeah, and I think the reason the number was lower was because once uh, the SEC and the FTC kind of stepped in, that was basically what they could um, garner from their investigation mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, like you had said, Patty, this is a Ponzi scheme. It was pretty intricate um, on how they uh, pulled this off and the amount of work they put into it as well to scam. Their I'm victims. rolling my eyes, but you can't see that. But <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, if uh, only they use their powers for good. Yeah, right. Of ruining. <clears throat> Life ruining. Yeah, it's interesting because like some of these people have some real, let's just call it gumption, um, some <laughs> intellect. Gumption. <laughs> that they they got have... a hitch in their giddy <laughs> Well, they could have definitely used their talents for something, you know, exactly. that was worthwhile. If but you put it towards actual, like, legit work, it yeah. would be pretty successful. Well, you know, even looking at some of their business model, I was like, you know what? They probably could have done something more legitimate and actually made some money. Maybe not to the amount Extent. yeah that they were doing but right. i think it's still but, uh, and also they could have avoided prison yes so 100 like an upside <laughs> i don't want to go there um, yeah so uh the funny part about well it's not really funny but i found it's it, not funny haha yeah like i did find it a little bit humorous that um hendrix not to be confused like you said with Jimi <laughs> hendrix um his mother was even in on the scheme so she actually right. helped uh some you know like i had said it was like a plant oh yeah she wow i was actually surprised uh, i mean i mean apple and tree right you know, like a True. piece of shit begets a piece of shit. Yes. Are we really surprised? Um, well, really. and the other thing, and we've mentioned this before on previous episodes, but like they got their family members involved, their best friends, like, you know, they defrauded a lot of people that they were close to. Um, Again. What? <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I don't know, man. I guess like... uh once you get full throttle, and especially with Ponzi schemes, because, you know, you have to keep bringing in more right. people to Because you're keep... robbing. I mean, it, it's like what the um, the lady on American Greed said. It's literally a house of cards. Yes. Because you're just, eventually it's going to collapse because yeah. you're going to run out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can only dip in so much before. You... And if you're spending it, which, of course, like they are. Blowing through yeah, millions of dollars then... at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your house is going to fall down way fast. Yes. Don't get high on your own supply, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was like, so so the other thing, so James and Hendrix were the main players. Um, and then they brought in a third person named Maurice McLeod. Um, and then they were also recruiting other people. Is it McLeod? It could be McLeod. I don't know. I love your pronunciation. <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> That's how it's spelled, M C L E O D, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. It could be McLeod. I don't bleep. know. <laughs> um. So James and Hendrix ended up being charged with 249 criminal counts. Um, Hard and, to talk your way out of that. Yeah, no doubt. Um. And and once investigators started digging into this thing, they realized that James Duncan was actually the ringleader. And um, from some of his videos and stuff that he had posted, he had dubbed himself James the Cash King. 
So I don't, I don't that know. Sounds like a payday loan. Thank you. That's what I was thinking when I first heard that, and then I was like, and he's referring to himself in, uh, you know, on videos, and then like two people as James the Cash King. I kind of feel like that would be a little right. bit of a red flag. And then he's like, but it wasn't me. I didn't know. (laughs) So I read, um, and like I said, I read several different articles. um, And then, of course, uh, the DOJ also has a write-up. The SEC has one. Uh, American Greed did an episode on on these two lovely gentlemen. (laughs) On these two sketchy Uh, people. (laughs) Yeah. So... uh, I believe there were two main companies, Morietta-based uh, Stonewood Consulting Incorporated and Pacific Wealth Management. Um, they promised essentially to change people's lives within three years' time. So the SEC complaint um, alleges that James Duncan raised about $1.2 million in a separate offering of preferred membership units in what was called Total Return Fund LLC. So that was actually a separate firm that James was running, running like on the side. Yep, it's just a it's another a, scam. Just another had. scam that he was offering to core <laughs> clients, about 20 investors oh that he was running on the side. So keep that in mind, TRF. Um. And the SEC complaint. TRL. Total request live. Limited. From MTV. Dude, I remember all those days. Totally remember all those days. That just shows you were old. Yeah. Continue. So the complaint also alleges that the proceeds raised in both offerings were commingled and used to ultimately run the Ponzi scheme. So, of course, you know, money, he was money. using all three. Look at that deer. And a baby. Oh, yeah. So we have, like, a tree with these, like, little fruit things hanging. And a lot of times they come over and eat them, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> it's baby season here in Washington. It is. So, so you'll cute. see them anyway. running around. It's kind of cool. Um, anyways, so TRF was supposedly based in Nevada. And it promised to, like, returns of 13%. <laughs> To 50%. And here, like that, again, no. Yeah, and I think at that time, The too, only way you could do this is if you're, like, in and right out. Yeah. Like, once they give you the money, then you're like, okay, you gotta cash be like me out. out. Yeah. yeah. It's no. kind of like... Otherwise, <laughs> no. Like, when you first walk into the casino and you're like, I only have $100. <laughs> I'm not spending any more. Right. Like, you know, if I make any money, Cash then fine, I'm the out. out. Or if I lose it all, then I should be done. I'm not going to spend anymore. Yeah, same thing here. And I think, too, so, like, I believe they had uh, started or hooked up um, James and Hendrix in 2003. And during that time with the stock market and stuff, um, some of the returns that people were getting, I think, were anywhere, like, legit returns were anywhere from, like, 7 to 10%. So 13 to 57% is a crazy high number that, you know. I mean, 13, okay, <clears throat> possibly, but 50. 57%? On. Yeah, no. No. Not sustainable. Nobody would be making any money Scam. if that was the case. So Scam alert. But, you know, like, um, having said that, obviously, people that were trying to invest money uh, are going to what they believe are experts or professionals because they don't understand, but right? And logically speaking, no. 
<laughs> well, and you're welcome. And the reason I know kind of like what the percentages were during that time was just because of the amount of episodes we covered now with our white collar crime. Right. But, um, TRF's company's statement was, and I quote, we use investor cash to buy distressed properties and businesses at a deep discount, rehab the property or improve the business businesses as needed and sell it at a profit in End quote. And then they had a follow-up sentence that said, uh, the fund specializes in providing funds for companies in the construction industry. Right. They su- supposedly, quote, cracked the code. Yeah. That's what James was saying from the get-go. And the code is, <clears throat> we steal your money and we run away. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so many in case here. anyone doesn't know, or maybe you didn't, Listen to our Ponzi <laughs> episode. Stumbled in here <laughs> off the street. Yeah, somebody like tweeted us out, or a friend said, "Hey, listen to this podcast." And you're not like sure what a Ponzi scheme is. It's a fraudulent investing scam, promising high rates of return with little risk to investors. But basically, um, boiled down, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So the original investors. Uh, put in a bunch of money um, while the people who start the scheme are taking that and spending it on whatever. And then they have to bring additional people. If they promise the original investors some money back, then they will uh, bring in new investors and show the the original investors like, Hey, look, we got that money, but do you want to like reinvest it? And they're like, yeah, sure. Because they get all excited. But in reality, they're just really spending everybody's money. So that's basically your Ponzi scheme down and dirty. Um, (laughs) So uh, what I had read in several articles were that according to reports, the trio had targeted victims in California, Arizona, Texas, Washington, Oregon, Arkansas, and some DOD sites. So they were actually targeting uh, military members as well. Nice. Yep. They had enticed hundreds of core clients to refinance their homes, draw down retirement and other savings, and max out credit cards for fraudulent Mm -hmm. investments on houses, hospitals, diamonds, um, Iraqi dinar. Did I say that right? I think so. Okay. As well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not really 100% sure, but sure. As well Mikliad. as... <laughs> Mikliad. Dinar. Dinar. I, I think, think that's how you say dinar. it. Yeah. I think they said that. Anyway. I believe so. So uh, they tell the investors, um, like, this is an example of what they would have told the investors for a house that they were going to invest in. So that the house would maybe be uh, originally appraised at 580000 but um, now it's only really worth 500000 but they don't tell the investors that. They just let them know, like, here's the original appraisal. It's 580000 It's worth that much. Then um, they buy the house with the client, right? Because they're right, the investors. The number, using name. the client's name and money. Mm-hmm. And then they use the original appraisal to then take out a loan for $580,000, um, of course, again, in their client's name. They then take... So getting these people in massive debt. Yes. Yeah. But saying, oh, it's okay because we're going to pay the payments for mm-hmm. you. Yep. Yep. 
they take the 80000 they call that extra money, a concession fee, like basically a processing fee that they're taking. What is this, um, the airlines? <laughs> I, know. I know. It's a baggage fee. <laughs> they, and they tell, they basically tell the investors that this concession fee is going to be used to make the mortgage payments until they can flip the house once the prices go back up, right, in the market, mm -hmm. so that they can invest the differences on the client's behalf. So literally, they took the money that the investors came in with, uh, purchased the house, refinanced it, took that money, and now they've made, like, this huge amount on top of the so-called so concession fee. under these people's names. So yeah. So they're not even any part of it. No. Now they just put these people in huge debt. Yeah. Yes, and like we said, like some of them had um, refinanced their own homes to come to up with the, the money, money to invest. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it it's like people very people. bad. Yes, people. Um, there's and, flags in here too. <laughs> well, you know what I was, what was interesting to me is um, there were a couple of the victims that they highlighted in American Greed, where they didn't put. Um, some of the mortgage loans in the client's name. So they kind of lucked out there. But again, they were still like refinancing their home and like yeah. maxing and, out but, credit cards. Like, to me, the biggest flag was they weren't allowed to question anything. Yes. What? Yeah. So. Um, Walk away. <laughs> yeah. And like they even told the investors too, they were telling them that they would get people to come and stay and rent the houses until they could be prepared to um, sell so. the house. You know, but like uh, that, of course, wasn't happening. Like nobody's living in these houses. They're just staying empty. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, they were telling the clients to just trust them. So um, sure. <laughs> they actually had a representative that would come out and talk to the customers because um, they were running these seminars at different states um, in different places. Some of them were being held in churches. Um uh -oh. But they would have the representative come out and essentially meet with them before they came to the seminar and let them know that they had three rules or prerequisites. This is like the fight club. Like, this was so Don't weird when I heard this. It. Yeah. So number one, I, like immediately I probably would have been like, yeah, we're good. Thanks. You know, like we're not going to. But that's because we talk about this every But week. yeah, like we're constantly every covering week. this. So we're like. Otherwise, you would flags. know. I mean, how many people have said to us, I had no idea until I started listening <laughs> yeah. to this. Yes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of our listeners, all 30 of you, that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that are like, yeah, I did not know this was happening. So number one, they needed three years of your life. That's the, That was the timeline that they said. Number two, ask no questions. Again, we're like fight fight club like rules And here. they would threaten you like, we're going to kick you out if you Yeah. Do. You will yes. lose everything. Mm -hmm. This is an elite club. Yep. You have to do exactly as, as no. we tell you. We're the smart ones here. Yeah. You have to absolutely we trust us. We crack the code. Mm -hmm. Number three, give them complete control. It's kind of like a little cult it too, is. right? Um, so people, this is in order to be part of their core clientele in the company. Which, <laughs> come on, you know, it was for everyone. <laughs> they were like, "This is how we rope you in." Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, to be fair, the one company um, that they were running, right? Uh, let's see, which one is it here? So the Pacific Wealth Management, yeah, is like company. a legit base company in California, um, and they have which. Hold hold on a second. Don't you have to like? It, can you have, I guess you can have the same name as another company. Don't you have to say, like, that's not me? Well, because and I they think... were like, yeah, that's us. When people would say, oh, I Googled you. You're from San Diego. Yep. Yeah, they were telling people, yes, that's us. But they weren't affiliated with them no. in any manner. And that was like a decent company. Yeah, and they actually did end up getting trouble for perpetrating as this other company. Ooh, that's um, the least of these people's worries. Yeah, I'm sorry seriously, to say. no. Um, so that's where, like, I think some of them, even though they were hearing some of these roles and stuff, and they were like, oh, wait a minute, this seems a little bit off-putting. Once they would go out there and Google them, they saw that the actual legit company was reputable so then they were like well you know this yeah, is probably I'm a good company in. i'm I gonna do it i would just like to say um don't be greedy okay <laughs> like if you weren't greedy thinking you know easy money for oh, real though like oh be re- a realist be yeah like jd everyone <laughs> <laughs> and be like patty and a pessimist people suck <laughs> They're trying to rip you off. Oh, my God. If it sounds too good to be true and they're coming at you with some crazy-ass fight club rules, probably walk away. If if anyone says you are not allowed to ask questions. Yeah, you can't no. question us. Goodbye. You probably Goodbye. need to ask them to, to leave your house. Yeah. I'd be like, I want your bank statements right now. What kind of cards <laughs> you got? Well, I mean, and even in the seminar, uh, I, when we were watching the episode on American Greed, there's a point where he says, like, uh, Mr. James Duncan, the cash king, he says. <laughs> the cash king. And the I cash quote. Cow. Yeah, the cash cow. Um, and I quote, all the sheep go to Bank of America. The stallions come work with us, yeah, end quote. Barf. And I was like, bro. Don't be a sheeple. First off, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, B of A, not always the greatest reputation over the years. They've done some shitty stuff to consumers, but um, that kind of took the cake, like understanding what he had done. Well, he was just being like, you want to be cool like us. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't. <laughs> I definitely do not. Yeah. I mean, it. and to, to, you know, end these victims' defenses, they were thinking, like, this was part of a legit company again. Remember Pacific Wealth Management? Right. right? But, Um, again, there was just a lot of flags. Um, I know if you're just – and these were sometimes elderly. Yeah, like – On the elderly side, mm -hmm, like retiree types. Yep. But – and the other I mean, thing, I think when I'm a senior type, and I'm not too far away from that, uh, I'm just going to be suspect of everyone because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people trying to rip off. Well, the and seniors. the other thing too that I was like uh, that had me thinking um, that this could have other individuals, the actual investors, the victims themselves, thinking that this was a credible business is because they're having these seminars sometimes like at hotel conference rooms and stuff where they're offering like beverages and light snacks. Um, so I could so see you're where thinking that that would make it more credible. Yeah, I could see where some people would think, "Wow, <laughs> they, they like reserve they this have whole ash room." On this? <laughs> then I'm totally in. <laughs> Go cheese. <laughs> 
bruschetta, goat cheese, <laughs> bruschetta. 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 No. <laughs> McLeod. Um, McLeod. Uh, McLeod. I think that's how I said it originally. It's McLeod. McLeod. But anyway, uh, I think. <laughs> um, no, I would think that that would partially convince people to think that this might be something legit. I'll just At be honest. At the end of the day, they're just like, I can make so much money. I'm in. And... Yes. People use your head, okay? Yeah, and again, I'd like to also point out, too, that um, some of the original investors were seeing them make payments on the mortgage Right. So that also convinced them. For only months, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, anyways. Yeah, that helped kind of convince them that some of this was legit, like it was working, right? That's why they did it. Yes. So, um the group would sometimes lie about the customer's income on some of these loans and stuff and like that's that. that's fraud, y'all. Yep, they would inflate what their actual income was um, and or say that they had a brokerage account, right? Additional assets that they could be used to garner uh, an increased amount of money. So um, And then they would tell people, oh, now you got to max out all your credit cards and oh, give us God, the cash dude. and don't ask any questions because Fight Club. <laughs> We're going to kick you out. And then you're going to lose everything that you've invested. So people were like fearful because of how much like thousands of dollars they had already put into it. So um, like we had said earlier, they, you know, they were setting up their own friends, like best friends, people that they had like known for years, um, family members. They had like hundreds of investors um, that were shelling out all these thousands of dollars. There were supposed to be like eight or nine shell companies that they were laundering the money through. What I had read and seen on American Greed, Duncan actually lived in a $3 million home. He's taking tons of vacations with his buddy Hendrix. Um, They uh, go out to Vegas a lot, flying like private jets. Um, He's... Uh, he gets lots of sex workers. I think he was even, they said, married, but then also had like a mistress who was. Um, what was her name? Kelly. Just kidding. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> like, like, what's his face? The pilot guy. Um, <laughs> shrinker. Shrinker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm besmirching her. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think the mistress actually worked like at a strip club or something like he had met her at one of the places they frequented. I mean, no shade to strippers, whatever. No. And I've actually known a scumbag. Yeah. He James was a piece of shit. But um, and I've known uh, people that have worked at strip clubs and like had legit families and um, had either a put themselves through college doing that work or they just liked it because they made a lot like a shit ton of money every week (laughs) and so like (laughs) they had no problems getting up there dancing and then being done with their shift at the end of the day yeah exactly mps i don't like you (laughs) yeah i think she really does guys there's like no shade to that type of work at all like if that's something that you are comfortable with and that's how you make your money i'm totally cool with it you know especially if there's a customer base as long as it's what you want to do and you're not being exploited yeah we don't want any sex trafficking or Or any of that stuff yeah or or any of that shit you be you. Yep. Boo. You do whatever you got to do. Be your um, authentic self. That's what we say. Yes. We're here to empower you. Exactly. You but do not what this you want. piece of shit. No, not James. The cash, cash king. king of bullshit. Um, so he 
I guess along with his mistress and Hendrix, they were working on a plan to open a strip club in Orange County, California. Yep, perfect for money laundering. Yep, they had been exploring exactly for that. Yep. They were Bada thinking. Bing. <laughs> I think we can all agree. <laughs> Us people that watch The Sopranos. <laughs> That's what they were looking at it for, to potentially mon- like launder more money yep. through it. So they actually had also taken some of the millions of dollars they were getting from their investors and um, invested in BioCyberNot Institute. <laughs> do you remember I this do part? Enjoy this name, <laughs> BioCyberNot. No, so uh, so I laughed fancy. at this part. They were talking about it on American Greed because uh, they wanted to learn how to control their brain waves. I guess they were thinking that this company. Um, would help them be able to defraud more investors if they could figure out how to control people's brain waves. So they were dumping <sighs> millions of dollars this into this company, but the doctor who was running it conned them out of their <laughs> money. <laughs> cool. He did the dipsy doodle. He did do the dipsy doodle. That's awesome. <laughs> I did not remember this part at all. Yeah, I started laughing when that part came up that's because I was get. like, that's what you get, you piece of right? shit. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. I know. I was laughing at that part. Brain um, control. So It's brain control. <laughs> remember that from Dinner with Schmucks? Yeah. I'm controlling your brain. <laughs> That makes me think of Pinky and the Brain for yeah. some reason, too. <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. I used to love that commercial. I mean, commercial. Cartoon, excuse me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's probably a commercial. <laughs> they have appeared on commercials. Uh, so, uh, in some of the seminar- seminars, um, James, because he's talking about his uh, crazy abilities to raise all of this cash, right? He talks about how they, those investors in them, him and Hendrix he are the one percent. Oh yeah, he he thought he was the shit. When you he see his sure videos and did. stuff, um, and you know what goes before the fall, everyone. <laughs> thinking you're the shit that's what yeah like it was crazy to me that they were sending out these letters to the investors i think probably because they were blowing through the millions of dollars that they had gotten we need more money yeah and they were like we need more money and telling them that they needed to open credit cards and it was like a list of this stuff that you could do um, you know, like clean out your savings accounts, um, like all these different things that they could go out and Did do. Did they say sell your breast milk? I don't think that they <laughs> put that on there. <laughs> all these so crazy. If you're just coming on, you're really missing out on all these inside jokes. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they were telling them to open these credit cards and then draw down the money to the maximum that they could do and wire it to them. Which, again, I was like, no. But you're not allowed to ask why or yeah. what. You're just like, well, you're the smart ones and I'm not. Yeah, because, of course, again, they would threaten to drop them if they didn't follow through right. with their instructions. Which, you know what, guys? Sometimes it's fine to be dropped by someone. <laughs> <laughs> Before you get in, like, way Before over your head. totally fucked. Um. And then they were investing in this Iraqi dinar and sending it to the core clients um, with some of the money. So, like, I guess to showcase. Right, they're like, what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah, I guess to showcase that they weren't investing the money somewhere. But it was like, 
completely useless here's money. Some China bonds. <laughs> That's another call out to a past episode. Um, and then, like like I said, there was a memo that they had sent out basically begging them to look for money anywhere um, that they can find. Like, basically, go get your kid's piggy bank, smash it, and then send us yeah, that money, too. Any kind of it was place like, you could get look through your couches. Things you could sell. Oh, God. It was crazy. I couldn't believe Which, it when they were showing the memo. if that doesn't make your spidey sense, be like, hmm. I think I'm screwed. I don't know. Yeah, I like think this you is were tragically to sound born weird. without a spidey sense. Yep. Um, because of course, uh the team, like we said, did make some mortgage payments. Um but they quit. But then they quit because what ended up happening in two thousand eight. Oh yeah. The that housing thing called the crash. Yep, the housing bubble. Plus, so this was just like again, a perfect storm of Corruption, because at that time you had all that, all these short, other companies too, the short stuff going on mm-hmm. for housing and all that. Mm-hmm. So yep. it was not good times. Remember that, you guys, oh, God. when we just had to worry about your house being overinflated, <laughs> and now we all might die. Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, like I, I kind of see some of that happening now. Like I'm actually worried a little bit about the housing market because of um. You be How quiet. High. We're gonna put ours on the market <laughs> and get the bleep out. I'm gonna censor myself oh for those my of God. you with fragile cussing ears. <laughs> you no, know who like you it's, are. <laughs> um, it's scary because like it's uh, definitely cooling down though. It is. It is starting to drop it's back down. But down. I was wondering though, like there were a lot of houses that were selling around us for like 600, 700 grand. And I'm like, I know that house is not worth that much. Yeah. So my fear is like, once the market goes back down, these people are going to be upside down in the housing market again. So I don't want to scare anybody, but, (laughs) but we're all going to (laughs) die and probably lose all our money. I mean, it just, when I was, like, going back through what happened with this company, James and Hendrix, I started thinking about, like, this whole inflation and stuff and what we saw happening. So I feel like some people have gotten taken advantage again. But um, in this particular case, uh, the housing bubble in 2008, we all know that it crashed. And, of course, um, people were losing their homes. Uh, A whole bunch of, like, just sad stuff started happening. Um, so James and Hendrix, for their part, they completely stopped making any payments on the homes and they started going into foreclosure. This is when um, the victims, the original investors and stuff like that, start realizing, oh, no, like we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, this wasn't as great as the movie Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. I'm sure they probably and wish they were in a movie made of dead people. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so I had read, uh, remember, James and Hendrix hooked up in 2003, and um, they had uh, been running their company out of this home. And so between 2004 and 2006, um, Duncan's companies had purchased around $118 million worth of properties in clients' names. So this is where I'm like, I don't think the number is accurate. Because they Something ended up doesn't add up uh, to here. me. Yeah, I feel like they really had um, f- like defrauded way more than what 
the okay. government is saying. Uh-huh. But I think that because they're saying the concession fees netted ten million, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what they're saying they owe. But to me the number is much higher than that. Yeah. So, um, but they're fucked anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. And of course, uh, as we explained, you know, the investors didn't see any of that money because they were all spending it on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like we had explained, James had shell companies that he was using to launder all the money. So, uh, while clients were facing foreclosure and bankruptcy, um, him and his partner were still burning through the money about 30 million of it. So housing market crashes, homes starting to get foreclosed on, and they're still out there spending the money, living it Again! Up. Why aren't they just leaving? <laughs> oh, dude. So they <sighs> literally told the investors, um, and I quote, um, <laughs> You fucked. We care about what Ourselves. you want in life. <laughs> And only ourselves. Yep. That's essentially, on, like, behind the scenes, that's really what they were doing. But could, do you think you could give us even more money? Yeah. They said, we would run through a brick wall to make sure um, we that- We don't go to prison. That, and this is James talking, that he did everything in his power to get them what they wanted, end quote. Which, Come of course, on. none of that happened. So I had also read that the scheme included theft from more than 125 Davis-Monthan Air Force Base personnel. And Davis-Monthan Air Force Base is located in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. So, um, what, ground. Yep, what I had read was um, there was a service member that was stationed out there at Davis-Monthan who had been recruited by James and Hendricks and um, was out there uh, getting their fellow fellow service members to join as investors along with other um, people from Tucson. The suspects had allegedly sold the promise of riches to the military personnel along with um, certain church members that were located out there, of course, with their real estate deals. Um, according to the articles I read, the trio from Southern California were peddling the scheme through the seminars, but, uh, at these Christian churches using, uh, Christian references, they even got, um, a pastor from one of the local churches, uh, to basically tell the members of the church that they would be, yep, that they would be more virtuous if they invested their money with Pacific wealth. Mm -hmm. Were they paying that guy off? Uh, Yeah, he was part, he ended up being part of the whole scheme, which was completely disgusting to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, this one's pretty sucky, man. I mean, all of them are, but, um, so when the scheme started collapsing, um, they, one of the articles that I read, uh, the one in particular was from Arizona. Um, those investors had lost, uh, according to a lawsuit that they ended up filing in California against Pacific Wealth, um, more than 400,000, they, uh, included members from a Christian faith center, um, McLeod, McLeod. 
<laughs> Maybe you should call him Mikliad. As um, a- he used his father-in-law, which is uh, a retired tech sergeant, as a referral partner in Tucson. He was part of the church. And um, they even referred to the investments as God's will. Oh, for God's sake. And again, like I said, they had gotten um, several of the Air Force service members out there to join so he ends up getting in trouble too. Um, so the SEC finally comes out and finishes their investigation and charges those involved, which included like the three main people. And then like, I think I've seen seven other suspects. So at that time, the people that were, you know, now they're upside down in these houses that they had invested in along with their own houses and or cars or whatever they had going on. They start going to the courts um, and are like, look, they've been defrauding us. Yes, we did invest um, and trying to, yeah, essentially trying to ask these lawyer or these judges for help, you know, like some sort of relief or whatever. Um, I was reading uh, where Lydia, uh, one of the victims and investors um, had said that she and her husband had lost around 176000 worth of equity in their own home because of the scheme. So they were going to lose their home from the mortgage company that they had borrowed from. But the judge had issued an injunction at that time to bar them from uh, losing the house until... The courts had settled. Yes, until the courts had settled the case with James and Hendricks, um, because they were hoping that some money was going to come out of it, some restitution and all of that stuff. Which you can't get blood out of a turnip, so what? Like, yeah, it wasn't like they had a big pile of money sitting around. Well, they and were like blowing through it as yeah, fast as they could get it in. That's what I was just gonna say. Like we had said, they were out there, out on the town, various states, <laughs> just blowing through the money like millions of dollars. Like I think during the American Greed episode, they actually brought up some of the invoices from the casinos that they had went to in in Vegas, and like we've Showed talked about on yeah like we've talked about on other episodes where people are going in there with like tens of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars and just dropping it yep for uh, a weekend or whatever or a day um so by the time the dust had settled on the 142 um million real estate and securities fraud case investigators said families who had already had homes agreed to buy a total of 249 homes throughout the county. This is in Riverside County. 201 homes in Riverside County were pushed into foreclosure. As many as five homes on one block would get foreclosed. Can you imagine? So, like, yeah, they had bought... totally, like, the 2008 thing. Yes. So, they had bought multiple homes on one street. And, and they all got foreclosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them at the same time would get foreclosed. So, uh they sent their investors into financial ruin. They had charged exorbitant real estate transaction fees financed by the investors. And um, the defendants had submitted false mortgage loan applications on behalf of their investors. Again, like we had said, opening these loans up in their names. Yeah. Uh, like kind of like uh, approved identity theft almost. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. It was like they signed off on it. I know. 
but not understanding know. what was going on. I just answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> um, so Duncan, of course, was touting himself as a financial genius, um, but... Well, I mean, he was a fucking scammer genius. Oh, yeah, he was definitely a con artist. I will call him a con artist because he went to great lengths to <laughs> set this shit Con and get it, up. Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Good, so you write forget. it down. Because uh, I was like, whoa, that was so good. <laughs> um. So one lawsuit alleged that money was used by Duncan and his cohorts for gambling and prostitution to invest in a Kung Fu studio. Um, <laughs> it was called Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they also invested in a BioCyberNot, which I had um, talked about earlier. A new age company in San Francisco. They had put money towards a blush boutique, which was going to be a dress shop in um, Morata, California, which was supposed to be operated by Duncan's wife. I'm assuming that all these companies they were going to open up was meant for money laundering. Of course. Um, and then, of course, they also laundered money through a Christian ministry in Mexico. Um <laughs> Trying to branch out. <laughs> That's cool. Um, south of the border. Yep, gone. south of the border. They were spreading. They were spreading their roots out. You know what I mean? Just like my little hello, hello <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> oh brother. So. Uh, of course, you know, they start getting ready to go out and make arrests. The fed, the feds actually want to make arrests all simultaneously. So they were going right, to go so out. so you don't get tipped off and yep, run. Yep, and run. But guess what? One of them does go on the run. Can Band you guess? Band on the run. Is it Duncan? <laughs> nope. The mom. Yep. It was uh, Hendrick's mom, Helen. Who actually caught wind of the warrants. I don't know how she did. He's like, I gotta let you go, son. <laughs> Good luck. This As is she... me leaving the nest. <laughs> As she kicks him from behind. Right. Fly, little yeah, one, She's fly. like, I only have to be faster than you. See ya. <laughs> so the feds, um, she figures out that the feds are coming and she takes off. But uh, they contact her husband who's still at home waiting and he's like, we're fucked. We're all fucked. He sees the warrant and he's like, he's like may I have a deal? <laughs> he's like, I think I know where I can find her. So uh, they end up reaching out to her and they're able to um, get a hold of Helen. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Making friends at Chipotle. Um <laughs> So yeah, they're all callbacks, everyone. I hope <laughs> yeah. that you're listeners. Um, so uh, the inter- interesting thing about Hendrix and his mother um, during the court <laughs> hearings, they actually decide that they're going to refuse counsel at first. Oh yeah, they they and uh, they end up trying to represent themselves right. at trial, which they get heavily admonished by the judge, and they're like, "This because is because everyone knows that you when you represent you don't yourself, do you have that. a fool for a client." Correct. So, um, however, but it was entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining for for the prosecutors and stuff. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, look, I've watched a lot of Law and Order, and so I'm pretty <laughs> sure I got this. Like some of those commercials. I object. <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> Leading. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I do remember watching some of the prosecutors and stuff talking about when they were still trying to represent themselves, like how they were saying that they were just objecting to like just silly stuff. Right. And they were like, they were really just taking a lot of time away from us pushing through right. and getting and this thing done. Right, and then it took like a bunch of time looking through documents before they'd even ask a question yeah. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, they were just playing a game. Mm-hmm, trying to just stall, stall, mm-hmm. stall. Um, the two duo finally figure out that this is a bad idea. Um, <laughs> they're like, okay. They're like, you they, got, you got us. us. We, we're going to throw in Never the towel not. here. We don't this know what we're doing. This is boring. How do you guys be lawyers every day? <laughs> so Hendrix himself, he actually retains a lawyer. Um, his mother, Helen, on the other hand, um, is assigned a, a lawyer because as an indigent, yep, defendant, um, because she, uh, can't afford one. So she, she gets a lawyer from a pool of lawyers that they assigned to her. Um, so the pair, along with five other people, were charged in court in 2009. Um, Hendrix, for him, for himself, he actually portrayed as a victim, um, you know, because of uh, James's him being a ringleader and stuff. Somehow he coerced and motivated well, him they, into like, the point crime. The finger at each other. Oh yeah, they totally did. Which um, is like the oldest trick ever. Yeah. It was you. It was you. I didn't do Reasonable it. You doubt. did it. You gotta let us go. <laughs> yeah, and like Hendrix. Somebody did it. Yep. Hendrix um, actually ends up facing 311 felony charges, of which he ends up being convicted of 304, including grand theft by false pretenses and securities fraud. He was sentenced to 81 years and eight months. His mother, Helen, was also convicted of 50 charges. Her testimony indicated that she was the scam's leading recruiter. She signed up fellow nurses because Helen was actually a nurse. Nice. Um, friends from her church and members from the local Filipino community. Um, I believe that from the articles I was reading, she had signed up a total of five recruitments alone by herself. So during her trial, she um, constantly caused delays uh, due to stress and high blood pressure. I think I even seen that like a sister or something wrote her like a sick note. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she ultimately was sentenced to seven years in state prison. And Which I believe isn't very much. No, and I believe it's without the chance for parole. Um, and I forget. I meant to look up her age. Maybe the court had mercy on her soul and was like, <laughs> "You're getting up there, lady. We're gonna no, cut you some slack." No mercy. Um, James, the Cash King, Duncan. Uh, he kind of got it. Yeah, he actually ended up cooperating with the feds. He, of course, flipped on all the others. Um. By serving as a key witness for the government and uh, got a plea deal. So he was sentenced to 19 years and eight months. Um, and he testified uh, against Hendrix during his trial. So, um, which again, when, rich. yeah, when Hendrix was um, serving or uh, representing himself, excuse me, he actually got to question James. And it, I guess it was kind of funny during the trial because right. wasn't it true that you said this? <laughs> and that James we was like, said it together. dude, we did it together. <laughs> I wish I could be a juror on that. Oh, God, dude. Can you imagine? That would have been like a shit show. I got called for jury duty. I'm like, this is a circus. And it's never that exciting. Unfortunately, yeah. it's always like, oh, boo. I know. Drunk driving. 
some bullshit. Oh, God, dude. You did it! Next! <laughs> <laughs> so James was actually ordered to pay $3.4 million in restitution to 33 victims. His victims complained that the sentence was not nearly enough for someone who had destroyed many lives and left families in debt. Duncan testified that his team persuaded recruits to pay as much as 100000 above asking price for investment homes. But they couldn't ask any questions. That was the deal. Yep. During the housing boom, um, with the promise to invest a difference on their behalf, they called the scheme Stonewood, um, which, of course, is part of their little setup and their shell companies. Um, Duncan has basically been kicked out of Iowa, Washington State, and Wisconsin. So, uh, they don't want him doing any sort of, like, yep, real estate or anything in those states. Um, That's what you get. Yep. So, some of the other people convicted were, um, Christopher Oding of Palm Desert. He pleaded guilty to money laundering and four counts of filing false tax returns. Linda Brooks of Moriata, um, Stephen of Cathedral City, they all pleaded guilty to a single count of conspiracy to commit mortgage fraud. Um, so these defendants entice the victims to give money by working through circles of friends, church members, nurses, like coworkers, members of the military. They got a lot of people involved trying to get them to invest in um no these just say no fraud companies uh so i did see that there was a case pending in the california courts of appeal that was filed in 2020 there was one pending for hendrix um i think it was an appeals and then hendrix had also filed a lawsuit in 2021 against the board of parole hearing i'm assuming because they didn't parole <laughs> And he's got nothing but time. To yeah, he's in there for eighty-one years. Study how you do appeals mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, he's in there for a little while. Roll folks. the dice. Um, what else are you gonna do? Watch Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he's passing his time, but um, so I read uh quite a few art- articles. Like I said, SEC had some stuff. The L.A. Times. Um, there were some blogs like Home Equity Theft that that keeps track of this stuff. CNBC, uh, Mortgage Daily, Independent.com. People that have this kind of business, not like the legit ones. Well, just this type of business anyway, should have to go through some sort of certification. So then you know, like, oh, it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's all good. Like yeah. regulation. Oh my God, I said the R word. I know. I I feel like, uh, well, and we know too, like, just after the fallout, after the 2008 housing bubble, the regulations were not stringent at all. Like they no. were just, it was and like the wild west. Haven't been removed anyway? Yes. Well, like, so um, President Obama, one of the greatest presidents to <laughs> ever have so represented much. the country. Um, so he had actually put some regulations in place. But still, like, nobody really went down for all that bullshit. And no. we bailed out the banks. Yeah, they ended up um, bailing but them out. But when there's COVID and we're locked down, you get $1,400 and you better make it last for two years, okay? <laughs> 
But then um, during the Trump administration, he actually rolled back Please a lot of those restrictions. Word, I know, please. but it, that's what happened, Tease right? for traitor. And I'm sure part of that was because he had made a lot of money during that time, too. Yeah. And what did he say, like, in one of um, when people were questioning him on that? He was like, well, then don't make loopholes. That's what he said to everybody, even though he was making tons of money during this whole boom on the housing market. Um, because that's what he did. He invested in real estate. So he was, of course, when he gets into office, wants to roll back all those regulations and stuff. That's why I'm a little bit scared on some of the inflation. I'm just worried that people are being taken advantage of again. Of course. But that's so. like what we do here. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Best country in the world, I say again. <laughs> so James Duncan, the cash king, um, he's in prison. Um his little buddy Hendrix, not to be confused with Jimmy. <laughs> a good one. A good Hendrix. <laughs> He's also in prison and his mama. She's there too. Um, <laughs> it's a family. A it family. is. It's a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised. I was like, man, that's pretty messed up that you, as a service member, got involved with these two and then like are also on the base um recruiting people and then you're going to the church yeah and you're like it's god's will you'll be more virtuous the whole thing is super gross yeah the greed we have is just not good yeah i just was like again how much do you need how much and can't you like do something good with your life i don't understand i don't know i mean they had like several uh Several homes between the two of them in the million dollar. I mean, these homes are nice, too. And, you know, like after his mortgage business starts to go under, he was still on the Internet putting out videos for people to pay him. I need money for consultation. I couldn't believe it. I was like, bro, stop while you're ahead. Just stop. Bro. Okay, James. Bro. Jeez, man. (laughs) No, bro. bro. No, bro. No. (laughs) Um. So yeah, that's that basically sums up old James, Jimmy. <laughs> that's where we are, everyone. Duncan and Hendrix um, and their Ponzi scheme that okay, they have. Well, before we sign off, I'm going to do another of my installments of how to be a better person <laughs> in society. Yes, please Here share. It is. Okay, go ahead. If you call a business or i'm sorry if you go online and you order something that you're gonna pick up or maybe drive up to get and the website says it's gonna take two hours don't take that as gospel i mean there's no guarantees i guess is what i'm saying and so if this is an item that you need it's like imperative like a lemonade or a Nerf gun. <laughs> That's one of my And you have to have it in two hours. Then go to the store and walk your legs in yourself and go get it. And don't berate people on the phone that are just trying to get out of their house because they don't want to kill their family. I mean, come on. <laughs> Like, there's no guarantee it's going to take two hours. And sometimes shit happens. Like, not enough people come to pick the items. Mm -hmm. And then don't tell me over the phone that we need to call more people in to pick the items. Because we only have a set amount of people that work at establishments. Okay? And it's notoriously understaffed. Yeah, I was going to say, I would 
I would go out on a limb and say most industries, if not all, are short-staffed right now. Yeah. And they're really And COVID's still a thing. Yeah. And yeah. now we got monkeypox and, and polio. God only knows what the fuck else. Yeah, uh, polio's a thing now, everybody. I know, we were talking it's back about out that there last night. Do we need to get a shot again? Give me all the shots. I will take them. <laughs> but I for just sure do not want entitlement polio. culture that we have is sickening, and I'm over it. So yeah. knock it off. If you need your bleeping dog food in two hours then you come get your bleeping dog food (laughs) come inside walk over yourself put it in the cart and we'll pay for it and leave Mm -hmm. but just give me a break yeah it's people are getting kind of mean out there they really are they're so entitled Mm -hmm. and rude and it's just not i don't know where we got to the point where that's acceptable to throw your little baby bitch fit tantrum it's not acceptable to i don't know parents you're really falling down on the job (laughs) raising these people like that's not how you behave i wouldn't take this from a toddler this behavior i would be like when you calm down then we can talk you know like this (laughs) is exactly how i have to talk to people like when you're done having your fit i'm gonna be right here and Mm -hmm. happy to help you but Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna listen to you insult me that's not what i'm here for it's just insane. I don't understand. Well, and I think um, part of the other problem, too, is people are lacking, like, a little bit of empathy. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, not considering, like, oh, I'm on my weekend. Like, I worked a whole week or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm in a all hurry. All of us are working yeah. on the weekend. So but not what? putting that in a reference where you're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. seeing it like, for that perspective. Serving? We're there to serve them. And... Yeah. Exactly. So stop it. Stop it. I agree, man. We just need to be nicer to each other. Pay it for people. It's not that hard, honestly. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. It's just You know what? You if you want to do something nice for somebody, I encourage you to bake some cupcakes (laughs) or encourage you to say thank you. That's how low the bar is. Or bake some baked goods, order something online, pull up, and then offer it to the workers and say thanks for doing such a great job. Right. How about that? that? I bet that would make a some people I I digress though. Some people are like, Thank you, I appreciate you. And like that's super nice. Okay. Mm Or they're super understanding, like, oh, it's no problem. I'll just come back. And also, on the drive-up situation, don't show up if you haven't gotten the thing saying it's ready. Oh, that your orders are I don't care. It's been two hours. That's not how it works. <laughs> we'll send you a thing saying, it's ready. You can come in now. And well, if it's, I don't care. If you haven't gotten that, don't come in. And then don't get your little panties in a bunch. Well, like you said, um, I think uh, you had talked about getting like 500 orders or something uh, like that. And there was like three, three of you. to pick them. I don't know if somebody gets to that within a two-hour time Well, frame. can't you just bump it up? Can't you? It's only one thing. Can't you just go get it? No, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so crazy. And then, well, you need to change the website. Ma'am, I don't work for corporate, okay? I'm not a web designer. (laughs) 
I'm simply someone answering the phone. I know my son it's has worked some so of those too. Ridiculous. And he's talked about the same thing, like having to go in the morning and open, and then there's like a stack of orders already sitting there. Yeah. And you've got to like try to process. Well, them I as ordered quick as it last night. Yeah, you and a million other freaking people. <laughs> And we don't work 24 hours a day, bro. So Yeah. It's just like have a little bit more consideration, people, when you're going out there to do some of that stuff. Exactly. So Because I can tell you from experience, <laughs> these people are woefully underpaid oh, yeah. for how hard they work. Mm-hmm. Woefully. Especially customer service jobs, man. For sure. It's, and like, then people wonder why no one wants to work these jobs. Hmm. It's a mystery. <laughs> It's called Scooby-Doo. It's called Scooby-Doo. I think it's because everyone's an a-hole. And you don't get paid enough. In fact, I don't even know, like, what the amount is that would be commensurate for what you have to put up with. It's sure not minimum wage, I'll tell you that. Well, that's not even enough to keep up with the prices right now. No. I don't know how people are doing it. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I don't know how people do it either. I really don't. I it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just be kind. Oh, it's not that hard. Thanks, Patty, for that. Yeah, that's my my little uh, light in the world. Your light in the world. <laughs> but how to make it better by Pot Patty Popcorn. But <laughs> we've got to um, end with our our theme song this season. Okay. Pod show, pod show gals. <laughs> I want to be a pod show gal. Are you going to sing that every time? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually heard a joke, but now I'm... It's, you forgot? It's forgetting. I know. Yeah, it was like a, a silly riddle. Oh, I don't know, man. God damn it. Um, I but write this shit down. Our youngest was listening to our noob to goop, um, and he was laughing. Um, I was like, you think this is funny? And he was like, actually, this is a pretty good episode. (laughs) I was like, thanks, son. Yay! (laughs) When we get the young people, we win. (laughs) So there you have it. That was our episode on White Collar Crime. There you have it. We didn't tangent too bad. No, it was just at the end. I mean, if they don't want to listen to that, they can like click off of it. But then you're going to be a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) But we appreciate the fandom. Um, you know, and stopping by and listening to us, uh, roast some of these people. (laughs) White Um, collar criminals get roasted. Get roasted. And to be fair, you know, like we're on here roasting them because. They deserve it. Um, yeah, there's, there's like, uh, quantities of evidence, a paper trail, basically, that they did this. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times they get a slap on their wrist. They don't get the same sentences or... Um, as, like, people that have weed. Yeah, what? as people that have weed, like, seriously legit. It shouldn't be um, I don't even know why. I mean, I do understand why some of these states are because they're um, led by Republicans that <laughs> have some justification for why weed is horrible and they are sending people sometimes... For life to prison, which you to know me what? is ridiculous. Because prisons are for profit. That's they why. are for profit in some of these states. So, um, which to me, you got to have beds in the seat or people in beds, <laughs> asses in the seats. I'm confusing my metaphors, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's how they get money. Yeah, which is the new black. The um, total. 
and we got some criminal justice reform on the books happening, but we not need to do more. And not fast. No. Enough. And I know too, like, uh, we do talk a lot of shit on our podcast. Most of it is in jest. Um, but, you know, I do think that we need to remove some of these barriers that but folks topics have. topics are serious. Yes. Um, because I feel like even once people have served their sentences and stuff and they get out, like, we're still keeping them on the fringes of society and it's hard for them to right. reintegrate. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Agree. All right. In the box. Well, we hope that um, y'all come for the next episode. <laughs> we, all, we hope to see you around town. <laughs> Gives us a listen. I'm going to start doing random uh, accents. I think you should. I wish I had an accent. I know. Um, I wish I could do impersonations like Will Sasso. (laughs) And I can't. I'm here to tell you. Like Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Or Randy Macho Man Savage. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't do any Oh, my God. At all. I just start laughing every time. He then you should listen it. to Fly on the Wall because they do. I know. I need a to. I can't. Maybe I should start practicing one, and then I'll just break it out. Okay, every and I'll then. try to guess who it is. <laughs> I'm just not good at that. I'm not good at. Uh, I do oh have something real quick though uh, that my son turned us on to, and it's sort of you know how everyone's like obsessed with Wordle. Not so much. Oh now, yes, but. Yeah, but I I mean people have thing. are still talking about it. Okay, yes, well, go ahead. It's on that fringe vein sort of, but <laughs> this is called framed. Framed. Framed.com. Framed. Oh, framed. Framed. Okay. F R A M E D. You got to spell it out for me. <laughs> Not Michaeliad. <laughs> and it shows so it's where you guess the movie by a frame. Oh, and it shows different okay. different frames from a movie. You get six guesses, I think. Okay. And uh yeah, it's awesome. We do it every day. As a movie buff, I might have to get on that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm <laughs> and almost every time I'm like, I haven't seen this movie. And of course I have. After but that's yeah, they I like tell say, you what like, it is. Oh, I don't think I've seen this one. <laughs> And then we laugh because that's just what I say now. But um, and today's we got on the first one. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, and that's I good. hadn't even seen the movie. And I oh got it wow, on the that's pretty good so, then. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's like, what the hell is this? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I know. Like sometimes when they'll say a line from a movie, I'm like, what? And then once they tell me what it is, I'm like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> I know. I've heard it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I would say it's really fun. And yeah, I'll probably have to try that. So I'll probably try that out. That's thing we do every okay. morning when we get up. Um, I will probably um, look into that one. Also, I saw, and as we've talked about from previous episodes, I'm a vampire and zombie right. fan. Um, there is a new vampire movie on Netflix. Oh. Okay. They don't sponsor us, but I'm going to plug it. <laughs> It's Day Shift, and it has Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx in awesome. it. Awesome. And I'm super excited. We're going to watch it this weekend. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? Okay. No, but um, right, I can't wait. It. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so. that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Prey just came right. out. Prey on Hulu. Yep, which is the new Predator P-R-E-Y, movie. P-R-E-Y, not like Pray to God. Pray, yeah. Pray like... <laughs> Thanks for Hunter and Prey. <laughs> um, but it has an ag- indigenous woman as a protagonist. So mm, she's badass. Oh my god, dude. That was yes. good. 
I, I was it. so excited about I that I liked movie. it for many reasons. Number one, it's not that long. No. It's like a normal movie yes, should be. Correct. And it's badass. Mm-hmm. And spoiler in a good way, the dog lives. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and for those of you who worried, I worried the whole movie the dog was going to get killed. Yeah, so did I. But he did not. Um, so I'm one, just going to throw it out there. One extra feature for that movie um, is that it's offered in Comanche, so you can watch the entire movie in Comanche, which we did. So, so you what now? So it's offered in the Comanche language because they're Comanche tribe. Oh, subtitles on the bottom? no it's offered you, they you dubbed it Comanche? no i don't but we watched it <laughs> in english <laughs> and then watched it in comanche oh, okay and I'm i like, was like how do you know what the frick's going on but dude okay, I, get I feel it. like and there was some french i got to practice my oh french, yeah there was some I french in there Chris what what i could catch mm-hmm. yeah there's actually two foes in that movie um predator and the um the goddamn French. Yep, the French that were trying to colonize the country and then they were like killing all the of bison. the bison and stuff yeah, and um taking their pelts and just like leaving the bodies just yep, the meat and everything just sitting there to rot. So Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. I thought that they did a really good job. Um there's a lot of indigenous uh actors and actresses um portraying the characters in yeah, there. Yeah, because like is there any famous people in there? No. I don't think so. Not that I can remember or not that I recognized anyways. I mean and then of course the crew also um a lot lot of them were indigenous which That's i thought awesome. was pretty awesome yeah it was so, good definitely mm-hmm. worth watching yep um right. so go out and watch it man it's a good tangent yes You're good way to end the episode yes, on a high note um so again we'll check you out on the next one um stay dirty be benchier <laughs> stay dirty and <laughs> I'm pro shower. And by the way, <laughs> nicer to everybody. Please, damn it. Exactly. Be nice, okay. Be nice, Be nice to each other. Give do somebody some, a hug. Do some uh, pay it forward. Yes. I think the world needs that right now. I think now. we need to do a little bit more of that. Yeah. We've gotten away from sure. it. Maybe walk around with some York peppermint patties and talk about how um, sweet people are and just hand them out. <laughs> I saw this TikTok real quick <laughs> where a guy does positive affirmation cat calling. Uh, oh my god. So he's what? like he's like, Girl, you look like you put your shopping cart away at the supermarket. <laughs> and she's like, I do. <laughs> and then he said That's to a awesome. guy, Dude, you look like you played varsity in in uh, freshman or so, in freshman year or something like that. It was so funny. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. See, we need to do more of that stuff. Right. Okay. Like, get nice. on that train, that don't gravy be train. A cut down ass. Yeah. Don't do that shit. Okay. Correct. Anyway, All right. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you later.